When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Tin, a broadcast dedicated to lovers of natural style aquariums of all sorts and colors and types, black water, brackish, clear water, whatever you want to call them. Um, we're all about uh, unique aquariums and ideas. And I've really, uh, this is Scott Feldman, your host, and I've, I've really enjoyed having you guys uh, give us some feedback on the blog. It's starting to get to be a little more of a comfortable thing for me. Uh, it's a medium I'm not previously familiar with. I've done a lot of speaking around the country and, in fact, around the world on aquarium topics, but I've never done a actual podcast until just a couple of weeks ago. So the kind words and encouragement uh, most and, you know, constructive criticism are most welcome. Um, today, I want to talk about a topic um, that comes up now and again. It, it's, it's less of a topic and more of a little friendly advice for you. Um, it's kind of a word to the unwise out there. Um, you know, as growth and, and, and the interest in these black water and botanical and whatever aquariums has exploded and continues to grow all around the world, I'm both satisfied and I'm alternatively amused, occasionally fascinated, and once in a while I'm just frightened. Yeah, you heard me, frightened. What frightens me is I'll get a you know, feedback from the occasional newcomer to the idea of this type of aquarium who, for want of a better word, applies incomplete thinking or worse yet, no thinking to the process. You know, the aquarist who figures that you simply dump all the botanicals you get from us or someone else into the tank on day one and you end up with an aquatic display like the hundreds of pictures that our community has shared over the, the months and years. Like it's this effortless, breezy and carefree new thing, a shortcut to success, a, a hack you know, whatever. No, no, that's not it. And periodically, that compels me to look at what's going down and just sort of shout out to the world, slow your roll, dish out a little tough love, you know. You got to think about what you're doing here. We have to read. For heaven's sake, learn the fundamentals about how crimes work before jumping on the latest hot trend. Look at this stuff holistically and from an objective perspective. You know, Again, it's exciting to see new things, and I'm I'm so privileged and honored to be sort of at the, you know, at the forefront of this uh, uh, this movement, and and with you know some some new ideas or our older ideas applied in a different way, and 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 people get excited, and I'm excited too, and I love it, and it's it's wonderful. I just get scared of people sort of thinking they can just flaunt the rules and just sort of do things the way they want to do. And by rules, we'll get into that. I don't, there's not rules per se, but nature has some rules. Since the very nature, in fact, of utilizing botanical materials like leaves and botanicals will result in them breaking down in the water and not only changing in appearance, but influencing the water chemistry itself to some degree, it makes sense to view every aquarium as an evolving biological entity. So a brand new tank or one that you've just begun adding botanicals to fits this description absolutely. As your aquarium runs in, you'll see the breakdown and decomposition of the less durable botanicals. It's particularly noticeable in leaves and materials with harder, you know, external surfaces. Um, that brand new 
look of clean and sharp colors gives way to the more subtle, muted, and kind of earthy tones of materials being affected by submersion. A little patina begins to build. This is a great sign. It's the beginning of a really healthy, earthy-looking phase. Those of us who play in this arena know this stuff by now. It's different than what you're used to in the traditional aquarium approaches. It requires all of us to make a sort of mental shift and understand that accepting the natural processes is important and not freaking the heck out and tearing your tank down the minute biofilms appear or something unusual happens. It's part of the game. Think about what you're doing. Think about what happens naturally and what the impact is. So bottom line, you'll need to educate yourself before you hop on this train or you will likely fail. Ouch. But it's true. Now, I know we've talked about this before, and I know I've mentioned it periodically. And, and, and one of the things you'll find if you listen to my blog is I, a lot of these themes keep coming up over and over again because so many new people are getting into the game. And I just want you guys to have great experiences and not, you know, flaunt the, the you know, nature's guidelines and, and, and common sense have a bad experience and then go around telling everybody that these aquariums don't work and, and it's a disaster and blah, blah, blah. And that's what's perpetuated that circus sideshow myth of the Blackwater Aquarium for so many years in the hobby anyway. Now, when I first started playing with this type of tank almost two decades ago now, I knew I had to make a sort of a mental shift and understand what was going on. I had to accept stuff that in the past would have made me absolutely shudder. I didn't selectively edit the parts of the process that freaked me out. I went all in on nature. The aesthetic differences be damned. And you should too. And the caveat here is I didn't just give myself permission to neglect tanks or avoid basic husbandry. No, no, no. That wasn't the point. The point is to accept that the materials breaking down in our aquariums can provide fuel for the biological processes which create long-term stability in a closed system aquarium. So word to the wise... Try to understand the basics of aquatic biology or aquarium biology before you even contemplate playing with botanicals. There is a ton of material on aquarium ecology out there on the internet, in books, etc. Don't rely on botanicals or anything else to just do the job so you don't have to think. These are not products with dosages, predictable outcomes for everything we do, etc. They're not produced in a factory. You're working with nature and it's her game to control. Like any other type of aquarium, a botanical-style system relies on time-honored practices of maintenance, nutrient export, and attention from you, the aquarist. However, one thing that we've, you know, that we've noticed, one thing that we do have that a lot of types of systems don't have is an abundance of potential food sources for a myriad of organisms which reside in our tanks. We're very much creating a little microcosm, perhaps a little food web, if you will, and it needs to respect the checks and balances which nature herself imposes. So set your expectations and your mindset accordingly and you'll be rewarded. And of course, we can't ever lose sight of the fact that we are creating and adding to a closed aquatic ecosystem and that our actions and how we manage our tanks sort of have to map to our ambitions, our tastes, and again, those regulations that nature imposes upon us. I'll say it again. If you simply toss in botanicals to your tank and wait for some sort of spontaneous miracle to happen, you're just being absurd. Nature doesn't suffer fools. She has no patience for your want list or making stuff work in the manner that you choose. She'll kick your ass if you don't pay attention. Go slowly. Read about the nitrogen cycle. Read about the wild habitats that we emulate and the way these systems are managed in the hobby and the way these systems function in nature. I've personally written, I don't know, close to six or 700 articles on as many aspects of this stuff as I can think of. 
Now, maybe it's not the de facto guide on everything. Maybe there's someone out there that's done a lot more of this than I have. But it's a damn good first step in sharing the dynamics and the operations, the challenges, the management, the mindset of these types of aquariums. I'm sure others far more educated than me have done a good job, or if not a better job, of doing some of this stuff. So I encourage you to look for it. Um, funny story aside, every time I look for a blackwater aquarium information on Google, my stuff comes up, which is really funny. I'm like, well, I don't want to read my own stuff. But m- the point is, there's, it's a growing body of work. There's a lot of information out there. I've said this so many times, you probably hate me by now, but you, you just have to get into the mindset. And the aquarium hobby, I don't care if you're playing with botanicals or African cichlids or reef tanks or whatever. Yes, you can shoot me an email and say, Scott, what do you think about blah, blah, blah. But a lot of times I'm just going to refer you to either articles that have been written or Google or I don't know. Or but you got to take some personal responsibility. I know this is not everybody. It's probably the vast majority of you guys discuss, research, uh, and, and otherwise obtain information uh, from all kinds of sources before you jump into things. But we can't simply Instagram this. We're not going to just like put up the most superficial version of things and, and just, you know, operate our hobby that way because the result is, is going to be stagnation and failure. When you're doing things that are a little different, sometimes you got to do the research yourself. The answers are there. They may not be easy to find, you may not enjoy doing it, then maybe this stuff's not for you. Botanical style tanks are amazing, but you just can't go from zero to 100 in a week, too. You have to be patient. They take time to mature, just like any other tank. And yeah, there's a certain something to a mature aquarium, a smell, a look, or a lack of excesses in either good or bad animals. You know, hardly scientific, I know, but it's true, right? Now, in my opinion, a mature tank is one in which you don't have to freak out every time you miss a water change, forget to feed, fall behind an algae scraping, top-offs, etc. So aquariums that are environmentally stable allow you a certain degree of latitude in maintenance and husbandry. But that doesn't mean you can kick back, of course. With a botanical-style aquarium, you'll typically be adding and removing leaves and seed pods and stuff like that regularly. I pretty much do this during every water change. In addition to the obvious aesthetic refresh... You kind of get a new bump of humic substances and tannins from the freshly prepared stuff you're adding. And of course, adding anything to your aquarium that breaks down is bioloading. You need to continuously observe your aquarium, test the water, and just follow any trends in the water chemistry that could prove to be a source of concern. Again, tanks, aquariums are not the wild habitats. We know this. They're potentially subject to accumulation of nutrients, you know, particularly nitrogenous wastes and phosphates over time some of which can reach detrimental concentrations unless you know regular maintenance is conducted to combat their accumulation. you got to do this. Regular, they're not excessive or obsessive for that matter. Water parameter monitoring is always a good idea. You know, my ammonia, nitrite, nitrate's obvious, but you need to look at pH. When you're dealing with a lower pH, low carbonate hardness system, TDS may prove to be a more useful yardstick potentially than pH in the long run, but for many of us, a good pH meter can do a great job. We've talked about, you know, baseline operating parameters for your tanks and how to do that and establish that many times before. So do, do look it up. So in other words, even with regular maintenance practices and monitoring in place, you can truly set, you can't truly set, I should say, a tank on autopilot and just let it run itself. There's a constant war between good and bad chemical concentrations going on in your aquarium and you need to be on top of things in order to assure that the bad doesn't outweigh the good. Again, nothing really new here. This is not something that is unique to these types of aquariums, except to say that 
with intentionally decomposing botanicals and leaves and stuff in your aquarium, the need to be on top of things is a little more obvious. This type of aquarium is truly a constantly evolving microcosm. It's very similar in many respects to a natural stream, river, or other body of water. In our botanical aquariums, common sense husbandry, attention to what's happening, and learning what's baseline for your system have always been the guidelines I have used to create stable, low-nutrient systems. Again, patience, attention to detail, common sense, observation. These are common threads that work with any aquarium. They served me well in the reef-keeping hobby for decades uh, and in freshwater for a lifetime. I've long theorized, and it's completely anecdotal, of course, that the botanicals in our systems offer a significant media for beneficial microorganisms to thrive among, which serve to perhaps break down the organics effectively. Sort of the way a deep sand bed functions in a reef tank, maybe even having some denitrification occurring in addition to fungal and microbial growth. I honestly don't have specific scientific information to back this up. I just have some uh, a sort of a history of smoothly operating aquariums and a, a theory based on some of the stuff I've done in other areas. It's an interesting idea, at least. It's probably worth more serious research. Again, the bottom line is that a botanical-style aquarium, being a closed system like any other, will demonstrate some characteristics that are easily identifiable when it's in a mature and stable state. And yet, you still need to address consistency through aspects of husbandry and maintenance throughout its existence. This is nothing new. Much like a garden, a botanical-style aquarium could probably run wild if left to its own devices, and the outcome for many fishes and plants could potentially be negative or at least significantly different than what you've intended to, you know, to create. No one said that working with specialty aquariums is super easy, but it's not difficult either. As long as you have a basic understanding of the environmental processes and the conditions within your aquarium, what to expect, and as long as you deploy patience. There's a lot to learn here, huh? But yeah, you know a lot of it already. I mean, you wouldn't be here if you didn't. I know it's a tough talk, yet it's also an affirmation from nature to the wise who embrace her ways and a warning to the unwise who tempt to bypass her. Stay educated on this stuff. Stay smart, stay vigilant, stay observant, stay relentless, and enjoy. And of course, always, always, always stay wet. I'm Scott Fellman, uh, hoping that your tanks stay clean and tinted. And if you have any uh, feedback, questions, ideas for future blog comments, free uh, blog uh, columns and uh, podcasts, feel free uh, to uh, maybe one of your suggestions might be, hey, Scott, get some speaking lessons. Perhaps that's a good idea. But feel free to shoot your feedback to me either uh, either by 10inaquatics at gmail.com or you can reach us on Instagram or Facebook or I think you can actually even comment uh, on Anchor and on Spotify if I'm not mistaken. So let us know. We'll do our best to uh, to accommodate your ideas. Thanks again. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.